Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We've been looking at an article in the June 2020 edition of Ensign Magazine. And as we've mentioned, Ensign is a monthly periodical geared more for adult members in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, in the June 2020 edition, there was an article starting on page 76 titled Answers to Seven Questions from Young Married Adults. And it comes from a talk that was given by Dallin H. Oaks, who is a member of the LDS First Presidency. We've been looking specifically at question number five that has to do with the doubt a spouse may have regarding their faith. Question five reads this way. My spouse has gone inactive due to doubts regarding church history and doctrinal issues. How should I go about researching and responding to these issues? The very first sentence in Oakes's answer is this. I suggest that research is not the answer. Now, in the first show, I mentioned that a person reading this might assume that Mormonism is kind of admitting then that it is anti-intellectual because certainly as Christians and we talk to people who may have doubts about different aspects of the Christian faith the last thing that we would say is that research is not the answer we most certainly think research is the answer but we want to read you a statement by Russell M. Nelson the 17th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints He responds to that charge of anti-intellectualism in a book titled The Power Within Us, page 36. He writes, To the charge that the church is anti-intellectual, we ourselves should be the greatest evidence to refute such an erroneous statement. Individually, we have been encouraged to learn and to seek knowledge from any dependable source. In the church, we embrace all truth whether it comes from the scientific laboratory or from the revealed word of the Lord. We accept all truth as being part of the gospel. One truth does not contradict another. And we should mention that when he uses the word all, when he says we embrace all truth or we accept all truth, all is in italics, so that is emphasized there. During this week, we've been showing statements from various LDS leaders that agree with what Russell M. Nelson says here, but we've also been showing statements from other LDS leaders that seem to be more reluctant in embracing knowledge or truth from any dependable source, as Russell M. Nelson declares in this statement here. So we want to ask this question, and why is it that some Latter-day Saint leaders are so reluctant to encourage their people to read 
and gather their information from all sources, including, we would argue, sources such as Mormonism Research Ministry, Utah Lighthouse Ministry, or other organizations that focus on the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and how we believe that position does not concur with the position of the Bible. There was a talk that was given by a Mormon leader by the name of Vaughn Featherstone. Vaughn J. Featherstone was a Mormon apostle. He gave this talk in a devotional message September 24, 1985, and it was titled The Last Drop in the Chalice. In this devotional, he refers to Elder Boyd Packer, an apostle in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Elder Packer said, they leave the church, but they can't leave it alone. And that's from a Utah State University baccalaureate address. He says, they publish theological pornography that is damaging to the spirit. None of it is worth casting an eye upon. Do not read the anti-Mormon materials. That is not the way you resolve questions about the truthfulness of the restored gospel. Simply go back and read and ponder and pray about the Book of Mormon, and you will know it is true. Those who try to dissuade us from the truth want to tear down what we have, but they do not have anything to replace it when it's gone. A person who has sexual hang-ups should not read pornographic material as a means of dealing with his or her problem. Likewise, a person who is weak in the faith should not read pornographic theological material, it only destroys and takes away. It never replaces that which was lost. Now, Bill, we ought to point out, as you said, 1985, there is no internet. And the way that you got pornographic material in those days is you had to go to the liquor store and buy your pornography. And so today it's a much different case. But what is being said here is that a person should not look at anything else except what the church is officially teaching. And I'm going to say that worked for many, many years, but then the internet comes out in the mid-1990s, and now people are getting information in the privacy of their own homes that they didn't know was available to them in the first place. It appears that they get a lot of mileage out of that word pornography and comparing anything written by someone outside of the church who's writing critically of the church Just attaching that word pornography seems to go a long way. It's certainly meant to be an ad hominem, which of course is a logical fallacy. They did the same thing when the film The Godmakers came out in the mid-1980s. It was also referred to, if I remember correctly, as spiritual pornography or something like that. Well, that's because that word uh, has shock value. But is that really what people who are writing about the church are trying to do? Are they trying to really give something that is so horribly inaccurate? See, I would disagree with that. It's a good way to keep people from reading something that might cause them to question even more, but I don't think it's a good description of what is actually being done. The reason why I say that is, as I've said earlier in this series, Most of what is being produced by people such as ourselves and other ministries dedicated to evangelizing those of the LDS faith is to present their own material, to show them that their own material even causes questions and should cause questions for the thinking Latter-day Saint. 
But in this quotation cited by Featherstone, when it says, but they do not have anything to replace it when it's gone. Well, that certainly is not the case when it comes to us. We have been offering a substitute to Mormonism for over 40 years. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ as it's understood in the New Testament. We firmly believe that that truth is the only truth that will set an individual free. Mormonism does not do that. It's not true, and it really puts people in bondage to what? Law-keeping, commandment-keeping, the very thing that the Apostle Paul preached on in many of his epistles, setting people free through the gospel of Jesus Christ, not by putting more commandments on top of an individual that can never be performed. One of the worst things we see is when somebody leaves the LDS church and heads over to atheism or agnosticism. It makes us very sad because while we don't believe Mormonism is true, we don't believe atheism is true either. And so when we are trying to tell somebody that here are some of the problems in Mormonism. We're not trying to get them to move over to atheism, but rather we want them to keep Jesus. We want them to keep God, but understand that the Bible is teaching the truth, and when you understand what the Bible is teaching and how Mormonism contradicts it, you won't want to follow Mormonism anymore, but you do want to have a relationship with Jesus. There was a book that was written by a BYU professor at the time, Stephen E. Robinson, and another evangelical professor from Denver uh, Seminary, a man by the name of Dr. Craig Blomberg. They worked together on the book called How Wide the Divide. On page 14, Stephen E. Robinson, I think, does his best to try to poison the well when it comes to the efforts of people such as ourselves, and he does so by using Craig Blomberg as an example to support his point. What does he say on page 14 of How Wide the Divide? I might add that the worst way for evangelicals to learn about Latter-day Saints is to ask other non-Mormons or to read non-Mormon literature about the saints. As Professor Craig Blomberg has discovered, it is a rare thing indeed for non-Mormons writing about the saints to get it right even when they are trying to, and most contemporary non-LDS writing on the Mormons is frankly not trying to get it right. I think that would also fall into the category of ad hominem. It's unfortunate that Dr. Blomberg said that, because if that's really true, then I guess that puts a huge question mark on everything that Dr. Blomberg has written about Mormonism, since he himself is not a Latter-day Saint. So really, that statement becomes very self-refuting. But why would reading what, let's say, people such as ourselves put out, be the worst way for evangelicals to learn about the Latter-day Saints. If we're trying very hard to be true to the context of the statements that we are citing, you would think that that would be a good way to learn. You may remember, Eric, when we had a number of speaking engagements in the state of Virginia years ago, I received a phone call from a Latter-day Saint man who wondered why a Christian church would have someone like us come out to teach evangelicals about Mormonism. The irony of that conversation is that throughout the conversation, not only was this gentleman 
ignorant of many of the things I was bringing up to him in many areas that he thought he knew he got it wrong. And you see, he was suggesting that someone like himself should teach this class. And I gently pointed out to him that I think our conversation for the past several minutes proves why that would not be a good idea. Just because you're a Latter-day Saint doesn't mean you have a good grasp of your own history and theology. In fact, this gentleman got many things wrong, and that's why the church felt to bring someone like us out, because we have spent our lives trying to explain this religious organization in a way that's understandable and, I might add, accurate. It's offensive when somebody like Stephen E. Robinson says that most— Contemporary, non-LDS writing on the Mormons is frankly not, and that's italicized, not trying to get it right. We do our best to explain what Mormonism teaches. We disagree with it, but we certainly have a motive of telling it as it is. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. As with most Christian organizations, Mormonism Research Ministry depends on the generous financial support of friends like you. If you like what we do and how we do it, would you consider helping MRM meet its financial obligations? Merely go to our website, mrm.org. At the right, you'll see a donate button. Click there and follow the instructions. MRM is a Christian nonprofit 501c3 organization and your gifts are tax deductible. Not only that, they are greatly appreciated. Thank you for your support of this ministry.